A lot happening in the uh, submarine front since the announcement a couple of hours ago. The Defence Minister, Richard Miles, saying in Canberra, just uh, he's holding a media conference at the very moment, he says the uh, the big spend over the next 30 years, we're talking of up to $400 billion, uh, a big and necessary investment. This is a little bit of Richard Miles. Defence spending is a, uh, a function of strategic complexity and strategic threat. With that in mind, it's very important that Australia positions itself to deal with the future and I think that is going to require an increasing defence spend. All right, but former independent Senator Rex Patrick, who's also a former um, submariner, is fairly sceptical. He's sceptical on a nuclear sub, saying it's like a Ferrari, which is great until it needs uh, some maintenance. But he says the plans could also be changed by future governments. We've seen, since the project was first announced in 2009, a Australian-made son of Collins being proposed, a Japanese submarine, a French submarine. Now we're moving to a US submarine. All right, so that's probably the pessimistic view of it, which I think from listening to the Premier earlier and uh, what's been said overseas today, we seem fairly locked into this. I can't imagine us uh, pulling out of AUKUS, for instance. Too much at stake in that, and, and given where the world has since moved on since uh, the, uh, the the Barracuda subs from France uh, particularly, uh, I reckon we need these sooner than later. Andrew Kay, CEO, Business SA on the line. Hello, Andrew. Morning, Matthew. Good news for South Australia, you'd have to say, if it unfolds the way it's been described. Definitely good news. I mean, anything that brings this level of investment and this level of uh, jobs into South Australia is positive news for us. All right. What does it mean for, for the state, for the economy, in your perspective? Well, we know that in the next four, four years alone, we're going to see something like $2 billion invested into the state. Um, we are going to have to start building this shipyard now, effectively, and we've been told that there's up to 4,000 jobs that will be created there. And then um, the, um, the life of type extensions for the Collins subs will, I think, bring something like 1,500 jobs into South Australia. And that commences in 2026. So there's a pipeline that will be starting, starting now, leading to when we get to the stage of actually building the subs here. The flow on effects, Andrew, must be just fantastic. I think the, the great news, Matthew, is when you think about the technology that this will bring to the state and the, and the skills that it will bring to the state in terms of the workers, it will start to make us a bit of a beacon for either allied industries or, in some cases, totally unrelated industries who look to South Australia as a place that is worthwhile investing into because they want to capitalise on our, on our skills base and also the manufacturing capability that this will bring to the state. It's going to, the skill set particularly, I mean, obviously people can, can learn on the job and, and be trained. <laughs> Who's going to be in charge of that? Would we bring people from overseas to, to show us how to do these things? I mean, we did it well with Collins, obviously. Yeah, I think the answer to all those things is, is yes, uh, Matthew. Look, if we know that right now it's a struggle for businesses to find one or two employees, let alone the, the 1,500 that will be needed in 2026 or the, uh, the new workers required to build the shipyard. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done around training and development. Um, when it comes to areas like defence, it's not as simple as being able to bring workers from your workforce mm. in without security clearances. So from a, the perspective of Business SA, we'll be working with not just government but and industry, but also our um, 
education sector to work out how we can get businesses defence ready and upskilled ready to work on these projects. Yeah, and and on a, a wider, broader topic, um, Andrew, if we're building nuclear-based subs here in Adelaide, does that open the debate to looking at um, uh, some of those uh, smaller nuclear reactors being utilised in, in other ways, in other industries around the state? I think if you were talking to the government now, their focus is probably on hydrogen rather than the mm. nuclear. And um, I, I'd suggest that's probably where that'll stay for the time being. But um, yeah, we are a state now that is embracing renewables or embracing hyd- hydrogen. And uh, I guess everything's on the table. Yeah, indeed. All right. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Matthew. Andrew Kate, CEO of Business SA. Peter Bowers called in, SA Secretary of the AMWU. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Matthew. For uh, employees, this has got to be good news. You'd get lots of new members, presumably. Uh, look, we're um, we're cautiously, you know, welcoming of of the uh, of the announcement. Um, obviously, it raises a, a whole load of questions in relation to the workforce capability issue. Um, we're hoping that we're going to be able to have some urgent discussions with the government in relation to how we how we meet that need because it's a, a massive undertaking. Um, we're, we're building, you know, one of the, the biggest projects ever seen in this country. Uh, we haven't even got a design yet or a yard to build them in, and we need about four thousand workers um, by the time. From I understand the the timetable of um, building start building in in early 2032. So um, we we are uh, looking at ways that we can create those thousands of jobs over the next decade, uh, and we think the, the government needs to start working on that very quickly. Um, we're we're proposing um, that they they start developing a, an engineering centre of excellence and start training some. Apprentices and trace people um, as soon as possible. Potentially, this could change manufacturing, couldn't it, in Australia, uh, in terms of national sovereign capability, particularly. But uh, obviously, you know, you, you'd think of the future and, and how this could work. That many people, both here and, and WA, it, it, there are there are some huge opportunities ahead, aren't there? Oh, look, it's, it's a massive opportunity for us. I mean, I think the prime minister said in his announcement today, or in the um, in the discussions that he, when he announced the project, that it was the biggest, um, you know, opportunity since the building of the car industry in, mm. in Australia. Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of flow-ons from having a massive project like this in relation to developing engineering capability and skills, and which flows onto other industries. So, yes, we can't underestimate the, the benefit this has. Um, across the whole of the country. Yeah, and I imagine you'll be having talks with government soon to try and get what you said about um, apprenticeships, training, etc. underway. Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that as soon as possible. I know the government's talking about sending people over to learn um, overseas, the skills that are required, and, and undertaking the lots of extension, which will continue to develop the skills, but we don't think that those two, those two projects themselves will give us the capabilities that we require to build these uh, these nuclear submarines. So we, we, we believe that there needs to be more effort put into building a workforce. All right, and, uh, and that's a long-term thing, clearly, too, and, and ongoing. Peter, really appreciate your time. Thanks for calling in. No worries, Matthew. Peter, Peter Bauer, you too. Uh, SA Secretary, AMWU, on uh, the subs. John Bruni, Dr John Bruni's called in, founder and CEO, Sage International. G'day, John. Oh, g'day, Matthew. What are your thoughts on the announcement today? Well, look, you know, uh, having studied defence acquisition over, uh, you know, a, a large period of Australia's, uh, modern Australia's history, I have 
only one concern with this, and, and it isn't the idea of getting the boats, but it's how this multi-decadal, extremely expensive project is going to be run. Now, um, at Sage International, one of our, uh, well, the, chair, the chairman of uh, Sage International, uh, Pat Tyrrell, he was a former British naval submarine, nuclear submarine driver. And uh, we've been discussing AUKUS and the AUKUS boats and the potential for things to be set up. And, you know, as part of our private conversations and brainstorming sessions, we have come to the conclusion that if this was really going to be a proper thing to do for the Royal Australian Navy, we should have actually started planning to lay down those foundations Work, uh, workforce, uh, you know, plug-in workforce gaps, uh, building up our skill base five years ago. Mm. We are now starting to scramble, and it's unfortunate that we are now caught up in this. We're going to be scrambling to try to develop those kind of domestic, those necessary domestic capabilities. And in the scrambling, there's going to be inbuilt inefficiencies. You know, rather than having had you know, spent the time initially to plan out and map out exactly how this is going to grow organically to save us money, to build assurances within the system. We're going to be lurching into this, and I think that there is a, a, a structural problem just in that alone. Um, look, the uh, the project is uh, set to cost about $368 billion. That's in today's money, and that's assuming that we hit all the benchmarks. But it is likely that that could actually rise and going on past history of Australian defence acquisition, we don't really do acquisition well in this country. Um, I'm afraid that we're going to be seeing this price of the boats increase as we lurch forward in all this, you know, uh, cacophony of activity now trying to come up with all these things that we should have already had laid out. Mm. This is This is the only problem that I see, but I see it uh, going to be a major bureaucratic problem, and, and it's going to, it, it will actually play really badly um, if they mismanage this aspect of the project. Yeah. In your opinion, John, is AUKUS the best way moving forward? I mean, we had the chance. It was Son of Collins, obviously, way back when, yeah. and then we looked at Japanese uh, off-the-shelf yeah. subs and French, yeah. and, and now we've got AUKUS, and it just seems to me we've finally arrived at the point where we have. I suppose the most sensible, for want of a better way of putting it, solution to submarines moving forward. Uh, you know, working closely with long-term Australian partners in the UK and the US. So mm -hmm. it it makes sense. And I, I don't know, had we planned in the way you've just suggested in the past, those plans potentially would have come to naught. Well, not if there's a commitment by government to actually ensure that those plans move forward. Now, it is actually the government's responsibility to ensure that when, you know, planning these multi-decadal pro projects, they plan for the ultimate success of that project. And what do I mean by that? That the uh, project costs come in, uh, you know, as, as budgeted initially in the project, as well as, um, you know, the, the, the time lags don't sort of blow out for years in advance. You know, of course, the idea of having the first AUKUS boat in the water is still within the 2040 time frame. We don't know exactly when yeah. in 2040. Now, obviously, we're still in the planning stages, so we can't be really certain about these things. But again, you know, this is the equivalent of Australia building the Apollo space program yes. and flying a rocket to the moon. That is going to be how complex and how important this project is. 
the Apollo space program was a highly organized venture, you know. Um, and uh, I'm not so sure whether or not we're going to be seeing the same sort of boxes ticked here. Because as I said, even with the Collins-class submarine, you know, it was a it was a greenfield site that we started. We never built submarines before. And what, what we did do, in spite of all the teething problems, was we delivered for the Royal Australian Navy an excellent um, conventional uh, submarine capability. But it had its problems and it did not come in at cost, and, you know, obviously the project had blown out in terms of when we expected the first boats in the water. Uh. So I think we have to be very careful for what we wish for, and the thing that bothers me about the whole AUKUS program up to now is that it wasn't clearly laid out. It is now a multi-layered program. You know, it's we're going to get some American submarines in the interim period to train up the Australian sailors. We're going to have people going overseas to, you know, learn up about nuclear technology you know, we're going to have uh, UK and US boats based out here. These these are not, uh, you know, really easy or un. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're not uncomplicated issues mm. for government to deal with, right? At every stage of this complicated, multi-layered program, something could go wrong. Yeah. Something unexpected could go wrong. I just hope that that won't be the case. But I just want your listeners to understand that yes, you know, we got the boats and. We've got nuclear boats, and that means that now we can play with the big boys, the UK and the, and, and the US, and, uh, and the Navy will be a very powerful Navy. Um, but let's just hope the costs in the end do not increase beyond a certain yeah. point, because if it ends up you know, coming close to five, you know, coming in at 500 billion Australian dollars, um, I, I think there are going to be questions raised. Yes, yeah. well, uh, that's most likely you would expect. And the other thing, too, if you're going to compare it to Apollo, there might be people who don't believe the submarines exist at all and never go underwater. But anyway, that's... that's well, apparently the flat earthers don't believe that, you know, Australians exist and we're all a bunch of actors. So yeah. go <laughs> there we go. All right. Very good. Thank you, John. No worries. Dr. John Bruni there from uh, Sage International, CEO and founder of...